Hi, and welcome to Between the Lines. On this show, you will hear about and from lesser-known Canadian authors and writers who, for whatever reason, have remained under the radar of traditional publishers and publishing houses. If it has something to do with writing or the writing process, you are going to hear a discussion about it here. I'm your host, Randy Lacey, and I encourage you to grab your bevy of choice, get comfy, and get ready to go Between the Lines. People come into writing in several different ways. For some, doing school assignments was their first introduction. For others, it may have been from a book or a poem they had been reading and wondered if they might be able to write a book or a poem. Every writer has taken a different path away from where they first began the writing journey they are on. Each writer's journey will be different, yet similar. But there is one thing all writers have in common, a different destination. On this episode, I will be speaking with Barry Freeman. Hello, Barry, and welcome to Between the Lines. Thanks, Randy. It's great to meet you more or less in person. More or uh, less. <laughs> more or less. Uh, you asked for a, a brief biography? Yeah. Well, I had a brief biography when I was much younger, but now at 70, it's not really brief anymore. <laughs> I was born in Medicine Hat, where I, Medicine Hat, Alberta, where I still have family, and I visit there uh, whenever I can. Uh, and it was there that I started a career in television at the local TV station. And after a few years, moved to CBC Television in Edmonton. When I set, where I settled into the craft of film editor there, um, that experience taught me the basics of story structure in a visual form. And, uh, I left CBC after eight years to freelance in film editing and film production. Also, I wrote scripts for documentaries and did a weekly science item for radio. I did work as an assistant editor on a feature film and even co-wrote a feature script, which was not produced, but at least we were paid for the work that we did. And I attended the BAMP School of uh, Writing uh, summer program uh, twice in that period. The one that they have that big writing retreat a couple of times a year. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a summer deal and um, you're, you're given a, a, a writing hut in which to put your, your typewriter and, and script and, um, you, you can, you can write all day or you can goof off, which some of us did. And then in the morning, we, we attend a, uh, a class where we all gather, uh, with the, uh, instructors and, um, sometimes guest writers like, uh, W.O. Mitchell was one that I really enjoyed. And we read out parts of it. They, they go through your we writing and, um, Mark, uh, make comments and, and then, uh, may ask you to read, read some of it. So it's a, uh, it's kind of loose, but it, it really teaches you what other people respond to and what instructors uh, are looking for. Interesting. I've often wondered if I could see myself at that, at that retreat or whatever, because as a visually impaired person, how would they be able to accommodate me? Because I have a 42 inch monitor. You can't really carry that under your arm or in a computer bag <laughs> or, you know, so would they be able to accommodate people like me? So it's interesting that, that, that you have a, a perspective on, you know, I'm hearing for the first time because I've never even pursued it, not believing that they would be able to accommodate the likes of me. Well, if you can get your monitor in there, uh, in the writing hut or in the wherever they're doing it now, each writer has a place to, to write. I'm sure you can join. Well, I'll have to uh, look into it a little further. You've, you've piqued my interest to, to go back and look again. 
Uh, do you, is there any more to your bio or is that pretty much it? Well, um, no, it's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Well, then we're going to get into this wonderful section that I've called the grilling of Barry. So, which means basically there's going to be some tougher questions. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, uh, were there any, was there any one book, article, poem, or what have you, which inspired you to write? Uh, there were many short stories and novels written by science fiction, uh, greats like Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov. But the one novel that really inspired me the most to write was Frank Herbert's, uh, Dune series. Uh, I just loved that book. Hmm. Uh, Dune, they've also made, uh, what, a mini series out of it. Now they've got, uh, a new movie coming out if it's not already yeah. out. Yeah. There's a, there's a movie coming out. Um, and it's, uh, getting some great, great reviews on the, on the pre, uh, uh, release, uh, stuff on it. The other one was, uh, Isaac Asimov's, uh, foundation is, is a television series. And I've just watched another one of those last night. It, it was a very complex series, uh, of novels, uh, foundation, foundation and empire. And, and, uh, it was, uh, kind of hard to follow in some ways of uh, multiple characters and, uh, some interesting thoughts. And it's, it's being uh, revealed to me, I think in the series a little better than when I read it as a teenager. I can imagine that be, there's more insight, I guess, added insight to what's already there. I, I've had the luxury of, uh, watching movies at the theater since losing my sight, that is lose, uh, watching movies at the theater with described video. And with described video, you get that bonus background information. And I'm finding it really good. I prefer that to reading a book or listening to a book because of that description that they give with the, with the uh, video description. Pretty uh, well, Asimov's a little twisted anyway at, at best. <laughs> Yeah, he can be very, very, uh, not, I wouldn't say twisted, but I'd say he's, he's, uh, he's got a lot of deep thought. Is that now foundation series? Is that the one where he pretty much lays the ground for work for robotics and the rules? No, that was a, that was a different series. Uh, okay. The foundation, foundation series is basically about a, a scientist who's a mathematician and uh, uses numbers to predict the end of, of the, the end of the current civilization and the coming wars and so on, of course, um, as a, as a, as one predicting what the bad things happening, they, of course, they don't like that. So that causes all sorts of problems for him. Right. And anyway, it's a, it's not a bad series so far, but visually it's kind of, I would say complex, uh, dark. I don't like dark stuff. Yeah. It tends to, well, those are rabbit holes. I don't like to go down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Were you one of those writers who kept everything to yourself or were you one of those, uh, who I'll call you a brave soul who, who would rush out and say, here, read this, read this kind of person? <laughs> no, I, I was, uh, fearful of, uh, in the very beginning, at least fearful of criticism by anyone. So mostly I kept, uh, what I wrote hidden to myself. I faced some active opposition to the writing idea when my father asked me what I was going to do with my life. And I said, Oh, I want to be a writer. And to which he said, yeah, but what will you do for a living? It was, it was not a dumb question. <laughs> oh, that is funny. So what broke you out of that then? 
it, well, it took probably 50 or 60 years <laughs> before I, I, I got to the point where I thought I could, uh, uh, show things to people. I got some feedback, especially on the, on the radio scripts and, uh, on, uh, the, uh, television, uh, stuff I did, but, uh, script writing. So I, I felt a lot more confident then. And, and it was, uh, just a matter of, of time before I thought, I thought that, well, I can read as good as these other guys are. Why am I, uh, why am I not uh, showing it to people? Yeah. I was, I was one of those keep it to yourself. It was, it was more for self therapy than anything else for me. And, uh, until one day I accidentally left my, my notebook out and a friend had picked it up and read it and going, why aren't you sharing this? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I go, well, why should I? And, you know, then the rest is history. Here we, here we are today. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because those two different types of personalities, you're either one or the other. There's no middle ground in that. It's either you're a share, you're a sharer or you're, uh, let's keep it back here. This is me. Yeah. Well, I, my, my greatest joy when I was a kid was to tell stories to my sisters and, um, it scared the hell out of me. And, and I, I got <laughs> a great deal of enjoyment out of that. But most of that stuff I didn't write down. It was, I made up stories as I went along and it became, uh, Tell, tell us another story. And I did write some of them down later and, and uh, actually used one of them as a uh, the end of year assignment uh, in, in uh, English and uh, won a, a short prize at the uh, local fair. Oh, and uh, that always still puzzles me. Why, why the heck did they ever think that was a good story? However, there's probably been a lot of really good audible stories lost over time that have never been written down that probably should have been written down some at some point. What is your philosophy about uh, writer's block? Well, the only time I had writer's block was when I had to write a school paper or, or something important. You know, as far as fiction goes, um, my greatest problem has always been never having enough time to write all that's in my head or in the, or from the many file folders or from the stacks of notes I have uh, littering my desk. So I keep a notepad and pencil nearby or, and many notepads and pencils scattered around the house where I'm likely to be inspired, uh, like next to my, e- my easy chair, the dining room table, or even in the office. And ideas come anywhere, anytime. So they're, they're, they're kind of like writing journals then. Yeah. Oh, that's not formal. Uh, I mean, they're notes. And I mean, they're stacks of notes and small note papers. And sometimes all it takes to get written down is a, is a one sheet of note paper. And then other times I have to start numbering the pages and then I staple those together and I put them <laughs> down and then I, well, maybe I'll carry on with that, but I just have so many ideas. So it's, uh, it's hard to keep up with them. Uh, I talk to myself a lot too. That helps. Well, there's nothing wrong with talking with yourself. It's when you start arguing and losing. <laughs> you know, then you, then you might need to talk to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> where do you, in, where, I'm sorry. Where do you find your inspiration to write? Ah, uh, well, it's, it's pretty much anywhere, but, um, in the beginning, it was, uh, serial radio dramas such as, uh, Superman or the Lone Ranger. But most often the science fiction shows like, um, X minus one. Uh, it was taking short stories from astounding science fiction magazine and dramatizing them. So I soon had a subscription to that in other science fiction magazines. And, um, that's what inspired, inspired me the most to write. I also recall listening to a radio series, um, one called Jake and the Kid. Uh, it was written by W.O. Mitchell. 
who was uh, who, wrote, who was seen the wind, of course, is the most popular one. But I, I met him years later at that Banff school uh, when I attended the the writing program, mm. and I had a chance to well, I had a chance to talk to him about that and thank him for that uh, inspiration. Today, oddly, my inspiration comes from uh, watching television or reading nonfiction. And sometimes, as with television, it's bad language and, and bad uh, di- dialogue uh, and, and script that has me editing and rewriting it in my head. And that's when the <laughs> notepad and pencils come in handy. I can write better than this. Um, this. This stack of notes in my office grows daily, uh, along with notebooks. And um, I used to keep a notebook beside the bed uh, for those just falling asleep inspirations in the middle of the night and wake feelings. Yeah, and and uh, but alas, in the morning I couldn't read what I had written, <laughs> so so I put a portable voice recorder on the nightstand and spoke into it, feeling uh, pretty sure that I, I captured what I was trying to work on, what I'd been thinking or dreaming. However, that plan was even worse, as I mumbled so badly the recording was not only unintelligible, but I often fell asleep in the middle of it. Once recorded hours of nothing but snoring. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons I end up with a CPAP machine for sleep apnea. All right. So that's not a, a, a self critique of your, your thoughts or your. <laughs> that was boring. Yes. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. <laughs> That's... uh yeah, no. Uh, is it a, so your, your, your recorder, is it a voice activated or do you have to physically, because if you talk in your sleep, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't speak clearly enough in that case. No, it's one where you have to press the button and, uh, I, I leave it set ready to go and all I have to do is press the button and, nice. uh, and record it. But, uh, it's very disappointing in the morning. It's like, oh, I had some great thoughts. I think, huh? Let's hear to that. And I get, what? <laughs> Is there a decipher here? Or <laughs> where's my code? It just didn't. It just didn't work. No. It's better if I if I get up and and, uh, and 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 go to the office, but then I start to lose sleep that way. So it doesn't work. Not enough room in your office for a bed. <laughs> no, I. No, I, I, I refrain from that. I'd be too tempted just to be sleeping instead of working. Ah, well, we do need sleep though. Next question. Do you have any particular rituals or superstitious things you do before starting uh, a writing project or after completing one? 
Not really. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Like I, I don't sharpen pencils endlessly. Like I use mechanical pencils anyway or prepare a pot of tea or, or anything like that. I might check my email to get rid of those, that distraction. I will watch YouTube videos for details about how to do something related to a scene I'm writing. Research, I guess, is my one ritual. Uh, and I, and I feel I have to do that before I start to write about something I don't know anything about. <laughs> I thought it was, that was a good thing to do. Uh, but many times details of that re- research will stand out and generate, uh, some character dialogue or inspire a new plot or direction. And, um, I mean, is it considered superstitious, superstitious to write while on the toilet? I draw the line at that. That's gross. Well, nobody has to know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I have an office where I surround myself with all the tools for writing and, and the laptop and a big screen and my iPad for research and a smartphone for whatever else and stacks of notes and file folders, of course. And, but essentially, essential is a good internet connection and, um, I have to have a radio for background music. I was just uh, going to ask you about that. Do you, do you listen to uh, a certain type of music or just any music in general or? Well, yeah, it's, um, Background radio has been a thing with me for years, even when I was a teen building airplane models and doing homework and stuff. It's not always music, though. Sometimes it's just voices or the chatter of an air, airport control tower or a shortwave amateur radio band, or it's all background. And these days it's more likely to be classical music. It helps me uh, concentrate on the details of the story coming out of my head. It's just something about if dead silence, it, it kind of blocks me. <laughs> if it's, if it's totally quiet, I'm, 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 maybe I'm hearing echoes or something in my head. Oh, yeah. No, don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I find dead silence when I'm writing very distracting. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I, I typically I will have a, a writing playlist that I that I work through. And I just happen to have a 15-hour playlist, so. I, I've never made it halfway through before I had to take a break, though. <laughs> well, I have experimented with uh, certain types of music when I'm when I'm writing, uh, uh, say, uh, uh, an action scene. I had uh, certain things uh, that I'd like to, certain music I'd like to uh, play while I'm doing that, and uh, it's like uh, adding music to a movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, like the background music for an action scene, or or. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that 100%. And with your background in with TV and stuff like that, I can see that. Yeah, um, oh yeah, it's it's very helpful to me. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done that much lately because maybe I can't find the right music for what I'm writing. I don't know. CBC used to have, uh, I think it was a, a contest or or something, and it was uh, write the soundtrack of your life. And it was go over your life and pick songs from parts of your life that would be the, the, the soundtrack to your life. And I thought that was a really um, neat thing. Well, I, I think I, that would be great, except I'd wind up uh, crying and laughing in the wrong spots, I suppose, of maybe <laughs> writing things that I wasn't going to write. You know, uh, music can very, uh, can affect me emotionally very, very much. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, I think that's what it's meant to do, really. Um, and much like writing is supposed to do as well, because it's, you know, when you read, the, the author is trying to steer your emotions in a certain direction. I could be wrong. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, been known right. to happen once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So 
this is going to be uh, one of my favorite questions, I think, that I'm going to start asking everybody. There was a show on MTV um, or, or one of those other platforms, which was they would ask musicians which song they wished they had written. So with that in mind, finish the following sentence. I wish I had written and then explain why. I wish I had written Dune. Frank Herbert's first novel in that series uh, drew me into the, the world he'd created so smoothly. I, I wanted to to read certain passages over and over and more savor the details uh, again and again. He built layer on layer of intrigue and a complex plot that was hard to put down. I, I just, it was probably one of the first books I read that was hard to put down. And I, I read that series and reread the initial novel several times. Um, the lesson I took away from that is, it, is to create a detailed and logical world before you put your actors on the stage. But that's all really good. What really good writing is about, you know, I, I think that you put your actors in place in the world that you have created and, uh, you, you let them go. <laughs> and, and, I want to add that all my reference, my preferred genre is science fiction. I decided I wanted to write a book that had, had a, a more commercial, some possibility of commercial success. So I picked another favorite of mine, the action adventure crime novel. And, um, I started up writing that story based on some of my experiences and my passion for flying. It was uh, a learning process that took almost 10 years, long time. Yeah. It's a long time for sure. A script writing was is uh, pretty forward, pretty straightforward, especially if it's a if it's a documentary. Writing a novel is totally different. I mean, you got to come up with stuff out of your head, totally. <laughs> and sometimes that's 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 difficult. But putting it into some order that that's reasonable, it's it was something I had to really really work at and and learn. That like I said, it took me almost ten years. Of course, that was part time. But uh, when my wife passed away, I thought I had more time. So I tackled it and did it. I started out writing poetry. And then just in the last couple of years, I ventured into uh, short stories and whatnot. But I've always wanted to be a, a, a script writer. And for the life of me, even now, I, it's, it, it's alien to me. I can't seem to grasp the formatting or, or how to do it. It just... I mean, I envy those people who can do that. I do too. <laughs> even though, even though, uh, my partner, writing partner and I at the time managed to complete, um, a couple or three drafts anyway of, of a, of a feature film script. We did the research. We did, it was, you know, based on a, uh, historical, uh, incident and characters and, and, uh, but we had a, uh, a marvelous uh, typist who could who could do the format. That was a, that's a, one of the most difficult things is is getting the spacing right and the, the words supposed to. It, it's it's kind of tough to do. It's it's much better to to, to work with island uh, you know a novel because you don't have to do all of that as much. But still, script writing is is really a, another totally another another craft. And I admire people that can take a novel and turn it into a movie script. Like wow. That takes a, a lot of work. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like I, I've always said that I'm an ideas guy. And so I could give anybody who's got the talent for writing a script, I could give them ideas and keep them busy, but I wouldn't be able to do what they do. 
it would it would take a, a anybody, I think, a, a lot of time to learn that. But once you learn it, um, you still have to be able to sell it somewhere. That's my my difficulty. There's a lot of uh, demand for scripts, but they they seem to be uh, uh, going to ones that have written scripts before. If you if you've sold one script, you're likely to get another. When you've had two scripts, you're gonna you've got a job for life practically. <laughs> Even if they're bad scripts, at least they know you could, they, that you can do it. But, Consistently. But get, yeah, but getting into that, mm, boy, it really does, in most things in film business, really depends on who you know. Well, you, uh, you kind of segued us into part two, which I have, uh, called paying the bills. So, uh, this is the part of the show where you get to tell, uh, everybody about your published works or, or your current work in progress and where they can find them and, or how they can find them or how they can find you. So uh, the first question will be, can you let the listeners know about your published book or books and where they might be able to find it or them? Well, this is kind of a short section. <laughs> I only have one published novel. That's side slip. That's uh, all one word. Uh, it's available. What is it called? What was it called? Side slip. Side slip. Okay. S i d e s l i p, which is a uh, maneuver, an aerial maneuver by an airplane, where uh, you can lose a lot of altitude without gaining uh, uh, speed. It's just a maneuver, <laughs> and it it, uh, it relates to uh, the content of the of the book in some ways too. But it's it's available digitally on um, like Kobo and Amazon Kindle where you can also order a print copy. And I have a box of paperbacks and I've been selling them to anybody who asks, mostly family and close friends, of course. Are you currently working on anything? Uh, how close to being done is it? Well, I'm writing a second novel in the, the side slip uh, series. I'm going to call it a series. Maybe only two, it might be three, but I'll do that this winter. And hopefully by the spring of uh, 2022, I'll have it, finished and uh i'm also hoping to publish another uh, other story bits and pieces on the blog i'm working on okay um, plus i want to record the the novel size clip as a as an audio which is something i've been assured i can do it's just a matter of finding a, a quiet place so that there isn't a you know garbage pickup or horses whinnying or uh, something in the background that's a studio uh out in the country is is better than the city but still uh, having quiet, finding a quiet spot is another, another thing altogether. Isn't that the truth? I had to build one in my basement, which is not quite done yet, but, uh, we're getting closer as, as time goes by. I don't know how it looks cause I'm, I, like I said, I'm visually impaired, so it may not even be what I need. <laughs> <laughs> um, how and where can listeners find you on the web? Well, I'm on, on Facebook. Uh, that's mostly personal posts of photographs because photography is one of the things I've been doing for a long time. It's one of the standing, long-standing hobbies, and sometimes it's paying as well. But I have a, a web page and a blog uh, under development on WordPress. Okay, uh, BarryDFreeman.wordpress.com, and um, I'm a member of the World uh, Writers Guild of, of Alberta and the uh, Crime Writers of Canada. So. I urge people to check out those sites as well. Excellent. Barry, thank you so much for um, allowing me to have the pleasure of, of putting you on this show. And 
highlighting you and your work. Pleasant opportunities to you and, and your future endeavors. Thanks so much again for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me and good luck with the series. I hope you keep doing many of them. You have been listening to Between the Lines with Randy Lacey. In future episodes, I will be talking with authors and writers from across the country about all things writing. So if you like what you heard, I encourage you to tune in to some future episodes of Between the Lines. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.